Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us on the broadcast today. Take a look around me. Look where I'm standing. I'm on the platform in the sanctuary of Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Glory to God, we're in. Now, if you haven't been tracking with our ministry over the last several months, last couple of years, then you don't know what a big deal this is. But let me tell you today, this is a big deal. Partners, this is what we've been in agreement on together for months and months now. This is what you've been sowing into. This buy up and build out project has been about this right here. Get these sanctuary doors open. Welcome people from the community around us, Colorado Springs, Green Mountain Falls, Woodland Park, and anybody else who wants to come join us. We are saying this place is open. Now there's still a lot of work to be done, but the same grace of God that got us this far will carry us all the way through to the finish. So if you've been sowing into this buy up and build out project, we want you to know how thankful we are for you. We receive your seed. We call you blessed in Jesus name. Now, one of the last reports I gave you, we were about 90% complete in our project. And our project, of course, is a 30,000 square foot facility, believing God for $100 a square foot. And just since that last time I reported, we're up over 95% complete now. We are getting so close to wrapping up this part of the project. So these beginning days are special. If you want to sow into this and continue the work here at Legacy Church, we welcome that. Just listen to the Lord if he's got an assignment for you in it, do it. If not, that just means he's got an assignment for you with somebody somewhere in the kingdom and you need to sow into it because that seed is like an open door of access for God to go to work in your life, your family, and in your finances. And we declare it in Jesus name. Now, if you want to be a part of this, you can. You can do it by uh, texting your offering. If you're watching inside the United States, just text LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950. If you'd like to give online, you can do that at pearsonsministries.com. If you're writing a check, make it payable to Pearson's Ministries. Designate on your check where you'd like it to go. If you want it to go to this buy up and build out project, you can do that. We'll make sure it goes there. Then just use the address that you see there on your screen. Now, listen, we're going to get back into the Word of God together today. We began uh, on last week's broadcast with a new series, The Rise of Reverence. Our reverence and our honor for God and His Word, His church, His things, it's like an open door in our lives that He can pour His presence through. Manifestations of Jesus pour through the open door of honor, not just in this house, but in your house. So let's get back into the word together today for part two of There Is a God. And I'll be back with you at the end of this broadcast. Remember what Paul wrote to Timothy, what needs to be going on in the church, whether it's from the people who oversee or the people who serve, I'm looking for a reverence in the church. And if I could say, if there was any one thing that I believe is working in opposition to the church right now, it's the pressure to be as casual as you can, to be as quote unquote comfortable as you can. I'm not a historian. I can't pinpoint a place in history where these things occurred I don't know if it's in my lifetime, our lifetime or previous, but you see it now. And to me, more than you've ever seen it before. 
And that's this unyielding pressure on the church to look and to sound like the world that people are already living in. And I, and I don't want to question or belittle the motive because I believe people are doing it out of a love for people. And, you know, I want you to know the God I know. So let me make it as easy for you as I can. And I'm not, again, trying to judge or criticize anybody's motive in that. But what I am required to do is look to the word. And whatever was going on in that church is what needs to be going on in this one. And this is what the Lord said to me late last night. And it hit me. I think if you would have asked me this, I would have thought that I already knew it, but you know how the Lord can say something to you and just hit you in a new way. And this is what he said, I'll just read it to you. He said, there's not one thing that the book of Acts church had that legacy church doesn't have. We have access to all of it. All of it. There's not one thing that those people had that we don't. They had the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost. They had the anointing. We have the anointing. And as a matter of fact, we, if anything, have more than what they had. Ladies and gentlemen, you got a Bible on your lap. They didn't have that. You have the holy written word of God sitting on your lap. They didn't have one thing we don't have. We have access to all of it. But it seems to me, and I think you would agree, if you've had any experience with this, that there is such pressure on the church right now to, I don't know another word to say it, just to be more casual, just to, just to try to create an environment that everybody is quote unquote comfortable in. And you got to be careful using that word comfortable. I know when Sarah and I, 10 years ago, stepped out into our own ministry. You've heard me give the the testimony before. We were on staff with my parents, my grandparents. We were making more money than we'd ever had before. We'd been promoted and we were being used. And it seemed to me we could have stayed there a long time, except for this thing that kept coming up on the inside of us and the Lord calling us to launch out into the deep. And so we did it. And I kept finding myself as I was talking to people about what we were doing, I kept saying these words over and over. You know, we're just getting out of our comfort zone, just leaving what's comfortable, getting out of what's comfortable. And I said it, I must have said it a dozen times or more until finally the Spirit of God spoke up in me and said, you better watch what you call comfortable because you're calling a paycheck comfortable. You're calling job security comfortable. Meanwhile, I gave you the comforter. And if you're somewhere other than where he is leading you, that's anything but comfortable. So we got to change what we define as comfortable. And he even said it here. You've got these two things working hand in hand. You've got the fear of the Lord, the worship, the reverence, the awe of who God is and how big and how great and how awesome he is. And right at the same time, you've got the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it takes these two things working together because the people before this, they had the fear thing. Oh man, they had the fear thing. 
They had that down. I've found a list of scriptures that dealt with this. Let me read some to you. Well, guys, put these on the screen for us. Put that one in Deuteronomy chapter four up there for us. Can you find that for me? Deuteronomy chapter four, verse nine. Look at this. This is the Lord speaking. He said, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. Go on, verse Uh, Keep going. And lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life and teach them to your children and, keep going, your grandchildren. Look at the next verse. What does he say? Especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Oreb, when the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. Teach them what? To fear him. To fear him. Go to that next one for me. Uh, Chapter five, verse 29. God said, oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Can you see this over and over about you learning to fear the Lord? It's interesting to me that this has to be learned. Well, if it has to be learned, that means it has to be taught. In other words, it's not automatic. I think there are a great number of us going to churches all over the world who assume we are living and walking in this great fear and honor and reverence of the Lord, but you got to stop and ask yourself, when was I taught it? Because if I wasn't taught it, then I haven't learned it. And what God said to his people over and over was not just to them, but he was saying, I want you to fear me. And then I want you to teach your children how to do it. Teach your children. Go on to that next one for me. These are all out of the book of Deuteronomy chapter six, verse one and two. Now this is the commandment. And these are the statutes and judgments, which the Lord, your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. And you and your son and your grandson, there's that generational thing again, your kids over and over, all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. What's the key to long life? The fear. Now there's something in us, especially those of us in this group, this word and faith group, we've been taught so excellently and eloquently on how to resist fear, right? And how to not live in any degree of fear. But then how do you reconcile this thing that's not just an Old Testament principle, by the way. This is not just a revelation of an Old Testament God. Didn't we just read in Acts how that these people were walking in the fear of the Lord. This is Old Testament. This is new. But how do we reconcile that? We've been told not to fear. And yet here we are being told over and over, fear him, fear God. Well, the difference, I believe, is that you are not to be afraid of him, but you are to fear him. And you can tell even in that you're like, okay, right? what's the difference? Well, we got to be taught the difference. You can see how, how small we are in our understanding of what that actually means 
to fear the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you going to help me a little bit today? Some of this is, I've never taught some of these things. Go to that one in chapter 10, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verse 12 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord? This is his requirement. To fear the Lord your God, to walk, go ahead, in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command today for your good. What's his commandment? To fear the Lord. Chapter 14, please. Verse 23. Notice this one. He said, and you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks. Notice this that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. The fear of the Lord has to be learned, so it has to be taught. And it's not something we, like I said, understand naturally. It's not something we just function in, naturally speaking. Sarah and I have spent 10 years or more Ten, the, the last 10 years solidly, even the few years before that, when we first got married, we were traveling. And we went to, it's got to be hundreds of churches by now. And when you see that many different places, it's, it's kind of a snapshot to what's going on. And as many places as we've seen, that's still not even a fraction of how many there are. But you start to get a sense of how things are being done at least on a national scale or regional, if not all over the world. And we've been in places not just in the United States, but in other nations, other countries. And she and I sort of started this list just between the two of us years ago after traveling some, just talking to each other saying, you know, if we had a church someday, (laughs) we would do this or we would not do that. You know, just based on the kind of the sense you get in your heart while you're in that place. And let me tell you, if you've never done much traveling, it's different. The the atmospheres are different. I mean, you you can step into a place that's so full of the presence of God, that's so full of the love and the faith of God. Man, I have stepped on platforms and stood behind pulpits and just preached, said stuff I didn't even know, preached things I didn't even know I was going there. And there was so much unction on it and so much anointing and draw from the people in the congregation. It's some of the most fun I've ever had. Right on the other hand, I've stepped into places and couldn't wait to get out because it seemed like they couldn't wait to get out. It's different. But so much of it comes down to not the natural things that everybody seems to be so intent on right now and so big on right now in creating and providing a so-called comfortable environment. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that. The only thing that would be wrong with it is if you're depending on it and not upon the comfort of the Holy Spirit. What would be wrong is if I'm dependent upon our mood lighting to help you receive the word. If I'm dependent upon my attire to help you be open to the word. If, if, if my 
if my casualness or my dressiness is what makes you comfortable. If I'm dependent on that to comfort you, then I am excluding the Holy Spirit's ability to comfort you. Jordan and I were in a church one time in another country. And uh, we had traveled there. And I think on the travel day, man, I started not feeling well at all. And we got there and I just went straight to bed and um, found some medicine. When you're in another country looking for medicine, it's going to be a hard thing to do. Uh, so we, we found some and I, I was knocked out. And I had church that evening and wasn't feeling well, but wasn't going to miss it. So we went to service that night, and I'm telling you, the Lord's so good. He's so gracious. I, I stood up, and as soon as I opened my mouth to speak the word, there was an anointing there. There was a strength there. Now, I had Kleenex in my hand the entire sermon. And I'm, I mean, my voice, you can hear it. I'm all, you know, and wiping my nose and sneezing and all, but we're pressing through it. Glory to God. And I don't know, man, I think I probably preached, what, an hour or more that night. And this is the Lord helped me. He helped me big time. But I no sooner got off the platform, walked down the steps, and there was a man and his wife, and I think they were visiting the church. He walked up to me with his wife. He stood there, like, took kind of this posture right here, arms folded. He looked at me and said, you have a word for her. Go. You have a word for her. Go. Reverence has to be taught. Respect has to be taught. And I'm not trying to judge somebody because what they don't know, they don't know. But I sort of just laughed out loud. uh, uh, Okay, and man, I got nothing. But I'm trapped in this spot. You remember this. And I said, well, okay, can I pray for you? I, I mean, totally dry. And I walked away thinking, you got a word for her, go. And my thought was, like a different word than the one I just spent an hour persevering through sickness and weakness and pain. And a different word than the one the Lord just gave to the, you have a word for her. What is that? It's disrespect. But it's not that it's disrespect for me. It's disrespect for him. It's disrespect for his word. Now, people don't realize that and they think it sounds like a good thing, right? You have a word. We got to be taught these things. It's like Sarah ministered to us earlier today. There's a time. There's a right time and a wrong time. No sooner did I get done with them and I turned around and this other dude walks up to me and Jordan's standing there and he looks at me and he says, I think I've got a word for you. And I'm like, okay, you know, halfway asleep. And this was his word. Beware of Jeb Bush. (laughs) Beware of Jeb Bush. And if you don't know who Jeb Bush was, he's George W. Bush's brother and was the then governor of the state of Florida and was running for president. Folks, these are, this is not honor. And again, I'm not trying to say, you need to honor me. You need to honor my... No, it's not about that. But we manifest our honor for God in the way we respect and treat each other. And these things have to be taught. They have to be learned. 
I'm not getting anywhere as near as far as I thought I would today. Do you have just a couple of more minutes for me? Okay, Kay does. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Go with me to Psalms chapter 33. I, I, I believe that in some of these things, there may be a difference in our church, in others. And again, please hear me. That's not a criticism or a judgment of anyone or anything else. That is between them and the Lord, and you got to do what He tells you to do. But in this, what I'm telling you is there will be a reverence and a respect in this house for God and for His things. And we are not going to strive to see just how casual we can be. We are not going to make it our aim to see just how much like the world we can look and still be called church. We're not going to. And I don't believe that has to exclude us from reaching sinners. Why? Why do you want an environment that makes a sinner comfortable? You want an environment that makes him so uncomfortable? (laughs) Do you want an environment that just makes his skin crawl? And he says, I got to do something about this. And he either jumps and runs away or he jumps and runs to the altar. Chris, am I telling the truth? I know by your own testimony, man. I know what you've told me before. I know what others have said before. They came into the house of God living like hell. Monday through Saturday and sat in that environment. And it wasn't because somebody pandered to the comfort of a sinner, but because they preached the word and depended upon the ability of the Holy Ghost to comfort in a way that you can't and I can't. And he let that draw them. Psalm 33 in verse six The Bible says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Verse eight, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. That's what it is to fear the Lord. It's not to be afraid of him. It's to stand in awe of Him. The fear of the Lord begins in the most simplest place possible. It begins with you believing there is a God. You have to start there. But did you notice what the book of Acts said about that church? It wasn't just that they came to church on Saturday or Sunday and that on that day they had the fear of the Lord. It said they were walking in it. What does walking in it tell you? It tells you, man, this was an all day kind of thing. They lived with this unceasing, unyielding awareness. There's a God. There's a God. And he keeps showing up. He keeps doing miracles. He keeps showing these signs and these wonders and he keeps doing things that only a God can do. And this fear came on them. 
And that's where it comes from. It comes from the revelation, the realization, there's a God. And I'm done arguing with him about it. I'm done arguing whether or not there is one. I look into creation and I see evidence of his awe and his wonder. And I look to his word and his word said that by his word, he created the heavens. And by the breath of his mouth, these worlds came to be. I believe it and I stand in awe. I stand in awe. There's a God. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.